All right, I think we're good. Let me just get this going. All right, posted. All right, there we go. All right, everybody. So what's up? My name is Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. We're on episode 103. So let me try to fix the the kickback in the headphones. Let me like lower this down a little bit. Testing, testing. All right, I think we're good. All right, so we're on episode 103 of Goals and Updates. And how we normally do this show, if, if you're new, is I normally go and update you guys on my updates on the show. So anything that's kind of coming that I'm doing, this way it shows you that I'm actually doing exactly kind of the same stuff that I'm, I'm showing you on here. Because most of the time, most people talk about things and then they don't try to follow through or lead by example. And that's what I'm trying to do is try to lead by example. What's up, Sterling? And try to, you know, increase the podcast uh, energy by constantly hitting my goals as I kind of tell you basically um, ideas or theories and uh, different things that every billionaire and every successful individual has ever used. Jeopardy time. Yeah. For real Sterling Jeopardy time. But, um, but that's kind of, that's, that's what I do in the beginning is I update you guys. That's why it's called goals and updates is because I constantly create new goals. I constantly try to hit my targets and that's kind of where the goals and updates portion kind of kicks in. And then what I do is I normally talk about two topics, which today we have, you only need to get to that goal one time. So any goal that you have in mind, you only have to hit it one time. And I'm going to explain why once we get to that topic. Then the next one's going to be live by a world resume. So once we get to that, I'll explain more. And then I talk about done deal investments, LLC, which is my business. And then from there, we wrap it up. So we're going to start off by doing some of my updates really quick. And I'm going to update you guys on what's going on. So the, the next thing that's really interesting and really cool that's going to be happening is uh, I've been trying to get a lot more co-hosts on here. So Last week, which I believe was Wednesday, was the last episode we did for, I think it was episode 102, we had Sterling on here, and Sterling, Sterling normally goes on Instagram and joins, but uh, which I think he's still there, but he was a co-host yesterday, or not yesterday, but Wednesday, so I'm getting another co-host, which is going to be tomorrow, and I'm not too sure about the time, just because I haven't, we don't first... It's Steven, and that's the one I've been trying to get on here for a long, long time because last time I talked to him, he said he wanted to start his own podcast, and so I thought it would be pretty cool to have him on here as a co-host, and then I was talking to him about um, having, having like once he starts his podcast, I don't know what his is going to be. He'll actually talk more about that once he's on here tomorrow, and he can go over with you kind of what, you know, what he wants to structure his podcast to be, like his themes. If I don't even know if he's really thought about that. I haven't really talked to him too much on what he wants his podcast to look like, what he wants it to be like. And so that's something I'll talk with him tomorrow once he comes on the show tomorrow. But we're going to have another co-host, which is going to be Steven tomorrow. And then I'm going to keep on trying to get another, you know, my goal kind of is right now to get at least a co-host every two weeks, like minimum. That's what I really want to try to do is every at least every two weeks. I do like coming on here and like not oversaturating with co-hosts only for the fact that when I'm on here by myself, I can really, really, like I said, really a lot, but I could, I can really define the topics that I picked out. And sometimes when I have a co-host on here, they're not really interested in talking about the topic that I put out there. 
and they're not trying to think too deeply into it because it's not something that they thought about for a long time or they don't have like the theory in their mind. So I do like to have it where it's just me once in a while, but I am trying to get more co-hosts on here. But that's why I really like having myself on here sometimes is like these two topics, you only need to get to the goal one time and then live by a world, uh, world resume. They're not going to, you know, if I had a co-host on right now, he's not going to go into detail with me on kind of like those topics. So that's why I kind of like doing it by myself sometimes. So I try to do it more myself. Um, and then I try to go and get a co-host every once in a while. So tomorrow we'll have Steven on here and I got him, I got, I'm trying to get him into Grant Cardone cause we were talking about college a little bit and he was like, he's like, man, I'm going to college and I just, you know, I, I just feel like it's a waste of time. I'm trying to do business. They're not really teaching me anything with business. It's all kind of like classes I don't need. And I told, I told them, I'm like, you know, I had the same problem too when I started college and I'm like, it took me about four years. And oh, by the way, I know Steven a little quick background. I mean, we'll get more into this tomorrow, but I know him from high school. And so um, after I didn't really see him or talk to him too much in high school, I saw him around once in a while. I kind of knew who he was. But once I got out of high school and I started trying to, you know, network more, try to stay, you know, try to reach out to people I didn't really talk to too much. We had kind of similar friends that kind of brought me around him. And then I was able to kind of obviously talk to him and I became really good friends with him. So I, you know, and he, one time I called him up to ask him a question about something and he told me that he wanted to start a podcast and he's like, Hey, I've been watching your goals and updates and it's pretty cool. And, and he's like, I kind of want to do something similar where I'm kind of like having a group of people over and we're just having conversations. And I, and I thought to myself, like, it'd be kind of interesting to be able to like co-host on his stuff, right? Like be able, and that's what I was trying to pitch him was like, you can come on my show a couple of times and then once you get your feet on the ground and you start trying to, you know, you get your equipment, I'll even, I'm like, I'll even help you out, get your equipment and everything. And um, I'll work with you and then just put me on, you know, you could put me on your show a couple of times. You can go on my show whenever you want. And then we could just, you know, feature each other basically. So that's something that I was trying, you know, I pitched him what he wanted to do. And I want to get him on my show just because like, I just, that, that was originally what I pitched him for is to get him on my show. So that's the first step I got to do is get him on my show, which will be tomorrow. And then I'll update you guys on the time. I'll try to get better at social media and try to like update you guys on the time. It's probably going to be, it's either going to be like midday, probably like 12 or like one or two. I'm not really sure. It's going to be like midday though, probably most likely. So I'll update you guys on that. So that's that. Uh, the other interesting thing that's happening to me is, well, this guy, I didn't write this one down, but I got this chair, which you're not going to be able to see, but I bought this chair on Amazon and I, because I, I was, before I was using, I was using like a hard chair and my back was just getting destroyed. Um, and my back was just getting really destroyed because I, you know, I, I work at a job where I'm sitting all day and then from there I'm coming here and I'm working from home. I'm working on different things. You know, I got done deal investments I'm trying to work on. I'm working on the social media for, um, cause now I'm vice president of Toastmasters, uh, vice president of uh, public relations. So I'm trying to get better at managing their stuff and the resources. I just came back. That's actually an update. I didn't write down either, but I just came back from Saturday. I went from 8.30 to about 1.30 PM. And I went to this training for uh, a bunch of Toastmasters. And like, I think, I mean, I didn't count obviously. And I don't, they didn't announce how many people were there, but if I could guess probably easily over 200 Toastmasters that are in different clubs, it's a great way to network. I actually met 
one person that was working at, um, and I didn't know this either. They have a lot of corporate clubs, which just means like the one lady I was talking to was from American Express and she actually worked at the American Express building across the street from where I worked in that corporate area. And she was saying how it's a corporate club. And I didn't know what that really meant when she told me until I went to this one course, which was on, which was on uh, how to start a club, how to start your own club and your own organization through Toastmasters. And I picked that one because uh, I kind of figured like the knowledge would be kind of useful. And if I ever wanted to start another club, which, you know, I have no desire to really start a club now. I'm too, I haven't really got my feet on the ground yet in Toastmasters. And right now I just want to focus on speeches. You know, I got a lot of things going on with my business and everything. And it's a lot of work to start a club. You got to get sponsors. You got to get members to join. You got to recruit. Um, you got to do a bunch of things before you're even recognized as a club. And then you got to keep on progressing, which is really hard. So I, um, I personally, you know, just wanted to do the class to see kind of like more information. I figured they'd give me information and I'd be able to expand my knowledge on, on the club itself. Cause that's one thing they don't, when you join a club, they don't really teach you kind of like all this stuff. You kind of have to go to these courses and then you got to network and got to go to different club meetings. And then you start kind of unraveling different things within the organization. And it's really interesting by the way, but I did a couple of things, but the whole story, the whole point of the story is I sat next to the person that was from American express and she was talking about how she is in this corporate Toastmasters club with American express. And I found out that a lot of, a lot of major corporations incorporate Toastmasters as a club within their own um, corporation. So it's really, really interesting in that sense because it's something that I, I'm telling you, I've never heard of Toastmasters until the time I met the one, the one guy at long story, met, met this one guy at a bar and he was telling me about how he goes to this club called Toastmasters. And I went there and I didn't realize how useful it was. He just told me like, Hey, it's good for public speaking. It's good if you want to go on a stage and sell or to go on a stage and present ideas or to be able to just to, to lead people in general. You have to be able to speak in front of them and, and be confident with what you're saying. And I'm like, hey, that's perfect. That's really what I want to do. I, I've been to a couple events, um, like people like Grant Cardone or someone else. And I'm like, I really, really want to be able to speak like that, be in front of you know massive audience and be able to speak and sell and do different things. So when he told me about Toastmasters, I was like, all right, I'm, de- I'm definitely in, right? I definitely want to go and do Toastmasters. And so I, I, um, I signed up and it, I'm telling you, it's a game changer. It really is because you just, you get more confidence. You have more awareness of how to, how, how to structure the audience, how to structure your essay. It's not really an essay. I called it an essay because that's kind of what I use my style as, as, as an essay style. I use, um, I do a overview, right, of basically what I'm going to cover that's like my first paragraph, my second paragraph, third and fourth would be the main points that I'm trying to get, you know, get the audience to basically uh, come to an agreement on or basically listen to those are the three points I'm trying to get them at. And then at the end, I summarize. So that's, you know, that's an essay. That's why I call it essay style. But, you know, that's to structure the, the speech. And then at the same time, it gets you more comfortable with time and pressure because you are time, and if you go over time, they try to get, you know, they kind of pull you off stage, right? They kind of, they flash the, 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 we have like a traffic light. They flash it, and they basically warn you like, hey, man, you're over time, and you're disqualified, right? So you're trying to make time the same time you're trying to present information clearly and precise and, and neat, right? And at the same time, too, you're trying to make it your own. 
and that's kind of something that I realized, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of people that give the speeches or a lot of the people that just recently joined what they try to do, which I did, I, I did myself. I think everyone eventually does it, but by accident, but they type an essay, like an essay formatted paper and they come in and they try to read it. And that's what I did on my first Toastmasters. When I did my icebreaker, I wrote a small essay and wrote it word for word on a piece of paper. Um, and I didn't, you know, I didn't think about like just stating, you know, just saying stuff as I was going. And that was the first tip I got when I did my icebreaker. And they told me, they're like, Hey, maybe, and I think I did my next speech. I did the same kind of thing where I was kind of using the paper and not really using my head and like thinking on the spot and, and trying to try to basically come up with words as I went or sentences. And the one person, there's two people that told me, which was Daniel, which actually Daniel just joined in like this, but, and the, the original president, when I was in Toastmasters, because now Daniel's Toastmaster or president of the club and the person before him was Melanie. And they both told me, they're like, Hey, we noticed you read off the paper. Here's, here's an idea that helped me. And they're like, you use a flashcard and you put bullet points on what you want to talk about. And then you just, you, you basically talk from, from your head basically talk as you go on these bullet points, but the bullet points keeps you on track and it basically keeps you where you want to be talking about. Those are your, those are your talking points. And I'm like, yeah. And I started doing that. And ever since I started doing that, it was easy. It became easy. Cause I, I'm really good at speaking and keep, you know, constantly talking. And I mean, I can talk, I mean, I do the podcast. I do them for about an hour and a half and I basically talk to myself <laughs> for an hour and a half. I talk to myself. Right. So that's something that uh, is a good skill to have is Toastmasters. If you're interested in joining Toastmasters, you want more information, you can go to our Facebook page, which is Great Fort Lauderdale Toastmasters 2004, which is our Facebook social media page. And you can go see like people do like, I, I do like little cuts of like the speeches. I think originally now what I'm going to do, I had this idea where I'm going to film the real speeches. They're about like seven minutes, but I'm going to film them and put them up. And see if I can get the full speeches up there. And that way it helps them, you know, they can see it. They can see their speeches back. And that was kind of something I, I learned at this training course Saturday. Was he's like, hey, like, there's this one Toastmasters club where they physically film the whole entire speech. And then they give it to the Toastmaster that spoke. And then they can see what they did wrong. They can physically see the speech being presented back to them. And I was like, oh, it's, it's actually a good idea. I wonder if I can do that on the Facebook page. And I'm pretty sure you can put a seven and a half minute speech up there, probably longer. So I've seen it on there. It's, it, it recommends like three and a half minutes of uh, a video up there for it to be good quality or considered good audience quality content, right? So that's something that I'm going to try to do. It's something I got to write down, but I got to sit down with myself and really write out some goals for this PR position for that club. So, and then I got to try to stick to it. So that's the, that's one update. Um, I got two more. So the next one would be everyone's quitting at my job and at the same point or people are finding better opportunities. So they're leaving. Now <clears throat> you're probably thinking to yourself, why would I want to be, you know, why would I talk about that? The reason being is it's going to open up some opportunities for me where I can kind of take some leadership roles. And even though those people are leaving, they have to replace them, right? They have to replace them. Um, I'm already kind of seeing that I'm already kind of seeing that I'm like the lead person on, on what we call doc review. And like, I'm, I'm pushing numbers out and I'm getting high, I'm getting high um, productivity levels and, I, and I'm pushing. And I had this one person come up to me, uh, come up to me, which I wrote down on here too, which I'll just kill two birds, with one stone. But 
I, he came up to me and he's like, Hey, I'm leaving in the next week. He's like, if you email me your resume and cover letter, he's like, I'll send it to the people I know in marketing department. And he's like, maybe we could try to get you out of the, the position you're in now and put you into a marketing position somewhere in marketing. And I'm like, Oh, that'd be perfect, man. Like I appreciate that. So the point that I'm trying to tell you is, you know, opportunities present itself every single day. And that's what I've been, you know, that's what I've been basically saying for the last, you know, you know, 50, hundred episodes. <laughs> so that's something that you got to be aware of opportunities everywhere. If you just work hard, you pay attention, it, it presents itself. And that's kind of what happened, you know, a couple days back where he, um, he came up to me and like my boss was in there and he was like, Hey, he's like, I understand you're not, you're not really thrilled with the position you're in right now. And he's like, you know, it, my mom helped me out a lot with it too, by the way, which is, you know, some people are like, Oh, his mom helped him out. But the thing is I got my mom on the same page and my mom, right. Most, most, uh, most kids don't have their parents on the same page, but I got my mom on the same page and she uh, helped him out and knew him pretty well. And uh, I talked to him a couple of times and he's like, Hey, he's like, I, he's like, I understand through your mom, like you're really into marketing. And I had conversations with him before, um, on, on days I'd go into work and no one's there right on Saturdays. And I, and I talked to him for a little bit and I'm like, yeah, I really like marketing. It's more of my niche. And I'm like, that's why, that, you know, that's really the position I think I'm going to try to aim for while I'm at this company is try to progress into the marketing department. And he told me a long time ago, he's like, Hey, I know some high up people in marketing. He's like, once you get to your six months, because you have to be with the company for six months before you can even uh, consider or even try to move into a different department. So once you get to six months, he's like, let me know. And he's like, I'll, pa I'll, I'll put in a good word for you since, you know, your mom helped me out and he's like, I, I can tell you're a really good person and like you're really striving and you're really trying to do good things here. And he's like, I don't have a problem putting in a, uh, a good recommendation for you. And he's like, if it helps you out, it helps you out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So I got to work uh, tonight after I get off this podcast, I actually have to work on my resume, update it, do a couple different things, get it nice and clean and neat. So that way when I go to send it to him and he gets it, I have to, um, I have to basically make sure it fits the format of what, you know, those marketing people are probably going to look for, or that company is going to look for. So there's a couple of things I'm going to try to do in a night. Uh, right after I get off this podcast, I'm actually going to try to work out real quick. Excuse me. I'm going to try to work out really quick, get a quick workout in because I'm trying to stay committed to the gym and then I got to try to stay committed to what I'm putting in my body. So, you know, those are some personal goals that I'm trying to work on still. Uh, I think I'm at, I'm at 180. So I keep fluctuating from 176. And I get, I get to like 176, 175, and then it ends up going back to 180. So I got to try to figure out, you know, what kind of what's going on. Like I'm definitely putting, you know, I'm probably, I'm probably cheating, right? Like Friday, sometimes I cheat. I, I get, you know, I go and get a burger or something. So it's, it could, it could kind of be what it is. Like I'm probably cheating here and there and I'm not realizing it cause I'm not, I'm, I kind of, I kind of stopped jotting down what I was eating. And that's probably why too. I'm not, I don't know what's going in my body and what's not. So I got to get back on that. So that's another update, but I think that's basically it for all my updates. But yeah, so basically, you know, I'm, I'm pushing, I'm working hard at this job. You know, I'm in there every single day, every single day I'm supposed to be there. Uh, I'm back to being off on Tuesdays now. So, you know, I got to work on that. But over, over that, I mean, that's, I think that's basically it. I, I just, those are my personal, some of that was personal goals. A lot of it was work-related goals. Um, I got to really sit down with myself and start planning some more goals for my business, done deal investments. And then I got to sit down with myself and really get this PR 
these PR goals together because now I got some resources that I can use at, from this meeting and I can basically try to go in and create these goals now because now I know what I can do and what I can't do and my potential as a PR, as a public relations person for my club. So I'll update you guys on that. Uh, probably Wednesday, I can actually probably update you guys on some of that because tomorrow I'm going to wake up early, sit down with myself and just go to each one and just jot down things I want to do. So those are my goals. Now we're going to go into two topics. Now the first topic I have for you guys today is you only need to get to that goal one time. And the reason I, I put this as a topic, you only need to get to that goal one time, is I was listening to a Jordan Peterson video. I think it was Jordan Peterson, and I forgot the other guy's name. I think it's like Patrick. It's Patrick something, I, and I forgot his channel. But I was listening to him interview Jordan Peterson, and as they were talking, and this is the cool thing too, is like when I'm listening to some of these podcasts, even if they're not talking about some of these ideas, they pop into my head because you start brainstorming when you're listening to things in that element of zone, right? So my podcast is, is designed the same way as some of these other things where I talk a lot about the similar, similar stuff that other people talk about. So it's not some of the stuff I, or most of the stuff I talk about, it's not new stuff. It's just different in the way I interpret it, it or the way I present it or the way I think about it. That's the only difference, but it's the same concepts. And when I started listening, you know, when I listen to some of these podcasts, I get these ideas. These ideas just magically pop in my head and I have a, uh, a sticky note next to me and I just jot them down because in my, in the company I'm working for, uh, cr uh, Cross Country Home Services, which they're working on changing it to Cinch, I can't use my cell phone. So the only thing I can do is take a pen and a paper as I'm listening to things through the headphones and jot it down on notepads. That's all I really have accessible or I, you know, I have paper, but I do the notepad so it's small and easy to take with me and I just take them after I write them down after the eight hour shift. I just take them with me and normally on the sheet, on the little sticky note, I have at least four or five different topics to talk about. And then when I get to my car and I get home, I plug them into my phone. I have a whole notepad of I, I, topics to talk about on this live stream. So I got, um, so I got this one by listening to Jordan Peterson and I kind of don't remember exactly what he was talking about. I know he was talking about different things where, He's basically talking about that, you know, most people have more power than they think and that most people don't realize that they, they do a lot of the blame game and they blame other people rather than taking responsibility for themselves. And I, I thought to myself for a second, and that, that's why I came up with this topic. And for some reason, this topic came into my head and I'm like, oh, you only need to hit the goal one time. Oh, I'm sorry. Hang on, this is for a different thing. I don't think this was Jordan Peterson. This was actually, I was listening to a Grant Cardone interview with uh, Lewis ha uh, Howells. And he was talking, they were talking about thinking. And he's going back and forth with Grant. And it was the, it was the episode where, he's, like, Lewis Howells, Lewis Howells is basically talking to Grant Cardone. And, and, and he's basically, Grant Card he's like, what, you know, what can you accomplish in the next couple of months that you want to get done? And, like, how, how can I help you get it? And he's talking about this monster-sized deal, and he's like, I want to get to a $900 million deal and close it. And he, they're going back and forth, back and forth. And, like, Lewis is basically trying to convince him that he can do it and that he just has to think bigger in order to do it. And that's where this idea popped in my head. Because I'm, like, oh, I'm like, oh, I got to think, you know, I'm thinking bigger. Because now I'm thinking bigger because I'm like, oh, he's thinking about a $900 million deal he wants to close. 
So I'm thinking bigger, and this idea popped in my head like, damn, if I could only hit it once, but if there's a goal that I can put out that's really massive and I only hit it once, I proved to myself that I could do it, and, it, and then I know I can get to the next level. See, my biggest problem throughout my whole entire life has always been I could think big, but I couldn't think of how to get there because I always thought it was it, it was like an impossible goal. Like I can't do that. I've never I've never seen that much money, right? Or if let's say I wanted my goal was like a hundred thousand, you know, make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Like how do I like I think to myself like, well, how the hell do I do that? I've never hit a hundred thousand dollars before, and you know, then let's say I hit a hundred thousand dollars. Now my, now the, now there's a different problem that I have, right? I don't have a hundred thousand dollar problem. Now I got to try to get to 200,000. So it's kind of like the same thing with the the podcast, right? Like when I first started, I didn't think I'd get to a hundred. I wasn't thinking about a hundred episodes. I did like 10 episodes and I was like, Oh, I was like, Oh, maybe I can get to a hundred episodes. Right. And I'm like, Oh, that's my goal. A hundred episodes. Now it seemed pretty close to impossible until I got closer and closer and closer. And I got to like 80 and then I got to 90. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh shit. And the next week or the next week or two, I'm going to get to a hundred episodes. Now I got to, and I'm on 103 episodes, right? So now I'm thinking, damn, like I got to go for 200 episodes. But the point that I'm trying to make is once I hit the hundred episode, my mind, my mindset changed, right? My mindset was not, oh man, I got to hit, I got to hit a hundred episodes. It was more of like, Oh, now I know 100 episodes is possible. I can go for more. And that's why I came up with this topic. You only need to get to that goal one time. Because once you hit it, you're like, oh, I, I can do it over and over and over again. It's kind of the, the other example I can give you is uh, when I was at work, right, this new job that I started. And I've, you know, I've never worked for a home warranty company before. I knew nothing about warranties. I didn't really know anything about, you know, the home appliances. And I'm, and I'm in there. And they're like, yeah, we'll give you bonuses if you can get to uh, six, you know, six emails. Well, if you get more than six emails. So I think you have to at least, uh, I think it would be like seven or eight, epi- or not episodes, emails, seven or eight emails, probably eight, to be honest with you, eight every hour in order to get 120% or above on productivity. And I was only doing like two or three emails to the point where when she brought me the reports on the one-on-ones, I was at like a 30 to 40%. And every single time I would, I, I, I feel like I would do good. It'd be like 60 or 70%. And I wasn't even making the basic numbers. And I'm like, dude, like, this is hard. Like, this is not easy. And I'm like, I don't like, and I'm pushing myself. I'm, I'm writing down, you know, cause at the time I had a 45 um, emails every for the eight hours that I was there, 45 emails. And I'd put 45, 45, 45. And I'm like, you know, I'm listening to Grant Cardone. I'm like, oh, okay, I, got, I just got to keep writing my, I got to keep writing the goal down and I got to keep on programming it into my mind. Eventually I hit 45. You know, I did this for like easily three or four months. And I'm like, damn, I'm like, dude, like this is impossible. Like, I can't do it. I didn't tell myself it was impossible. It's kind of me being, you know, a little bit over-exaggerated right now. But um, I just be like, damn, dude, this is hard. Like, I don't like it's it's hard to see myself getting there, right? Because I've never hit it before. And then what happened was, you know, like the next month after that, or like the next two weeks, I saw myself get to one one eighteen, one eighteen percent of productivity, and I'm like, oh, dude, I'm two percent away. Like, it's probably doable. And then I got to like one twenty, 
And I'm like, oh, I got to 120. I, I, now I got to try to get to like past 120 every single, every single day. And I got to like, one time I got 140 and I was like, I was like, oh damn, yo, like it's so, it's so doable. Like now that I know I got to 140 the, the one time, now I can try to program a different goal and I could try to do it like every week, right? Every week I got to get an average of one, 120 and above. Uh, and then I'd get to, you know, and then every single day I was just doing like way over 120. Like I, every single, like some, there's some days where I question that I even hit 120 and I get to like 127 and I'm like, oh, I'm like, damn. And it's because I, I figured out how to do it. Right. I, once I hit it the first time, I knew that it was possible. Cause my, the problem is when you set a goal, right. You set a goal, like, oh, I want to go and I want to work out three, three times a week. And I'm, and I'm, I'm struggling with this one. This, so I'm talking to myself on this one, but I want to get to the gym three times a week and do some cardio and work out. And I would really like to do five times a week and just do, and do five weeks of cardio, right? So it was run for five days a week. And then throughout the three times I go and do cardio, just go and work out um, different body parts, like biceps, triceps, you know, different things for those, for three days out of those five days I go and run. So and that's a goal that I put together for myself. But my problem is I can't really get to the gym. I've gotten to the gym a couple times, I think two weeks consecutively or three weeks consecutively, where I went three times within that week, right? And uh, like at first I was like, all right, it's kind of impossible. I can't, like I knew it wasn't impossible, but I kind of tell myself I've never done it before. So how, how do I do that? And once I got it the first week and the second week, I'm like, okay, it's possible, right? So the problem that a lot of people have, and it's definitely not just me, is like when you when someone gives you a goal or some or like a some type of goal, or you give yourself a goal, you tend to think to yourself, "Damn, that's impossible." But it's probably not impossible. It's because you haven't hit or achieved that goal yet, so you physically can't believe that you can do it yourself. And that's what a lot of people have problems with is they they can't see themselves accomplishing the goal, right? because they've never hit the goal before. And that's why I came up with this topic was you only need to get to that goal one time because once you hit it the first time, it just magically starts happening because now you believe like you can do it, right? I got, you know, I was 180. I know there's a time in my life that I was 160 or 165. So I know it's possible. I've been there before, right? Probably, you know, a long, long, long time ago, but I've been there before and I know it's possible. So that's why I keep on telling myself like, all right, you got to get up, go to the gym. You got to go do this. Right? And, I'm, and I'm trying. My problem is I don't commit long enough. My problem is I'll get, I'll start seeing some progress and I'll start slipping. So I got to come up with something. I got to come up with some way to basically like maintain it. Right? I can't maintain the weight. And I know it's going to fluctuate, but I can at least control it somewhat. Like there's no reason to gain five pounds. It may be like one pound here and two pounds here. And then I should be able to fluctuate and, and resist it and keep going down the, go down the, um, the weight. Right? I should be able to keep on going down and losing weight. But my, my problem is I can't, I can't seem to figure out how to consistently keep on doing it. And that's something I got to work on myself on, right? By the way, you'll see, you'll see me actually put myself on the spot a lot on, on these podcasts, the goals and updates, because the, the real reason, like, you know, I'm talking to you and I'm putting these goals and these topics together it is because most of the time I'm talking to myself, right? I'm, I'm trying to convince myself that some of this stuff I need to, I need to start doing and implementing. And if I talk to you and tell, tell you what I need, right? Like I need to do this as well as you, 
we'll both be working together. That's, that's the whole point of the show too, is I'm not perfect. I'm trying to show you that. Like I'm not perfect. So I give you the examples of my own life and I, and I go through and I'm like, yeah, I really messed up on this. And I really need to try to figure out how to fix this is because I'm trying to work on myself as well. Every individual on planet earth, no matter what country they're in, no matter what state they're in, no matter, you know, what flag they represent, they're trying to be a better version of themselves. So everyone's playing the same game. Some people just quit on it, right? A lot of people quit on it and there's very few that keep on going. And those are the people that are the wealthy people that they constantly keep going and they keep on trying, even though they fail and fail and fail, they just get up and they keep trying and trying and trying. And you know, you're going to see that with me a lot. I'm going to tell you like, man, I, my, I didn't hit my goal. I, I messed up here and like, but I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to try again. I'm going to try this next time. You're going to see that with me. Like, I, I'm not going to tell you it's impossible. I'm not going to tell you that I quit. I'm just going to be like, damn, like I'm kind of pissed myself for this, but I'm going to keep on going. So that's, I gave you two examples on that. I'm trying to think if I can give you something else that would go really well with this topic, which would, um, I think to, if I was thinking to myself and talking to myself, which you know I am doing, I would tell myself, uh, you got to start dreaming a little bit bigger when you're talking about this topic. Cause sometimes I, I kind of convince myself that I'm thinking too big and I'm not there yet. And I think that's also a problem for myself. I, I mean, you're probably doing the same thing, uh, which is like small thinking, right? Which would go kind of hand in hand with this where, you know, you'll think big and then you'll convince yourself like, like, damn, like I can't, I can't do that. Like I really can't do that. And maybe you can't do that now, but if you work hard enough and you keep on progressing and you keep telling yourself, like, I just have to hit it one time, you'll eventually probably hit it. And then you'll be like, damn, like I was thinking so small. Cause that's, that's the other thing that normally happens. Once you hit these goals, you start telling yourself, you start telling yourself like, damn, you know, I've been thinking small for a long, long time on this topic. I should have been thinking a hell of a lot bigger than what I've, what I've been doing. I should have been thinking way, way, way bigger than what I'm going at for right now. And that's kind of like something else that probably a topic for another time, but it kind of goes hand in hand with this topic. Well, it does go hand in hand with this topic, but that's, that's the topic. We're going to move on to this next topic, but that's kind of the best way I can really describe this topic to you is you really only need to hit that goal one time and then you're fulfilled and, and you're able to basically naturally just hit the target and then progress and be like, all right, I hit this target. Now I want to go and do it like 10 times bigger, or I want to go five times bigger or two times bigger. And you just keep on progressing down the line and you end up getting, you know, you obviously do more. So that's, that's the challenge I try to, you know, that's the challenge I'm presenting to you is uh, try to figure out how you can hit that goal one time. And it's all it takes. You just have to hit the goal one time and you'll start doing it consistently because you'll be like oh i've done this before it's easy right um but the other example i can give you is i went to a park with one of my friends and he and he goes uh i'm gonna do 10 pull-ups and i'm thinking to myself yeah i could do i could do 10 pull-ups i do 10 pull-ups um easy right and so i go to do the 10 pull-ups and i get like three or four and i know i can do 10 like cons- like consecutively like you know up down up down up down not stopping 10 and what ended up happening was yeah, I haven't worked on that muscle for a long time. Like I haven't really worked on pull-ups. And so I went down to three or four and I, I was like, damn, like this is really hard. I can't really kind of consistently get to 10. And, but I knew I can, you know, I, I know mentally I can get to 10. I've done 10 plenty of times before. 
So yeah, it's something like it told me, like I told him like, damn, you just kind of put me to shame. Cause I'm like, tables used to be turned and I'm like, I've been kind of slacking on this stuff. And so like, you kind of put in my mind, like I gotta, <laughs> I gotta start setting some goals. I gotta start setting some workout goals to get some pull-ups going. So, uh, you know, I kind of thanked him for that. Cause he kind of put, he kind of put me to shame. Like I was like, okay, I'm going to do 10 easy. I get there, I do three or four and I'm like, I'm like already done. Like, I'm like, damn, I can't really, I can't really do any more consecutively. And I'm like, I used to be able to do 10 easy. So it does kind of make you feel bad about yourself too. Cause you're like, damn, I let myself go. So, but it's also good by the way, because it's, it's proving to yourself, like I got to get back to it. I got, I, I used to be able to do this. Now I can't. So I got to get back to going and doing that. So it's, it's nothing bad. It's something that's actually good. It's actually showing you like, Hey, like you're slacking in this area. So you got to work on it again. So that's, you only need to get to that goal one time. Now I'm going to go into the second topic. That topic is going to be live by a world resume. Now, some people are probably thinking to themselves, you know, what's a world resume? What's a world resume? Why am I living by this resume? And I'm going to answer both those questions. So I came across this topic. I was also listening to a podcast. I don't remember exactly who I was listening to, but I started thinking to myself about a resume and I'm, I'm almost positive it's because when the, the person came over to me and told me about, you know, Hey, send me your resume and then I'll go and send it to the, the higher ups that are in the marketing department and whatnot. I thought to myself, okay, I got to work on my resume. And I think I just had resume on my brain. And then the person next to me was talking about, you know, I was like, yeah, you got to work on that. You always got to work on that resume. I was talking to my uh, coworker next to me and I'm like, yeah, you always got to work on that resume. And we were just joking back and forth. And it clicked in my head and I actually wrote it down as I was, as I was talking to him. And I'm like, I'm like, damn, you got to live by a world resume. And what I was telling myself was you're constantly building a resume, right? You're constantly building a resume, even though you don't think you are, you're waking up, you're going, you know, you're starting your day the same as you would any other Monday or any other Tuesday or any other day of the week. But you're really every single day, you're progressing on a world resume and you got to live by that. Meaning that, you know, let's say, uh, let's say there's an opportunity that presented itself. Uh, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm at a gas station. Okay. I'm at a gas station filling up gas and the person behind me goes, Hey, I can't, I don't know how to work this machine. Can you help me right there? You're, you're building a world resume, baby, right there. You're building a, you're building a world resume. And you're probably thinking to yourself, well, how? Well, I would tell myself, you know, it's, it's an opportunity to go help this individual, show him how to work it. I might, because of my generosity of helping him show him and not being mean, right? Because some people would probably get annoyed and help him anyways, and they would put, you know, a negative attitude towards it. I'd be willing with a smile on my face and probably introduce myself and be like, hey, my name's Tyler. You know, what's your name? And they'd probably, or they'd just introduce themselves. And I'd be like, yeah, hey, I've had the same problem before. This is how you work it. You just do this, you put your card up, then you swipe the card, then you enter your PIN or your zip code, and then, you know, you just press what you want, regular, diesel, whatever, and you put it into your car. And, and you know, but, and then they'd probably be like, yeah, I feel ashamed, and I'd be like, yeah, it's all good. It happens to all of us. You know, sometimes I've gone to a gas station before, and I couldn't figure out how to do it. And then from there, I'd probably start a dialogue conversation, or something would happen where maybe because I helped him, he'd be like, hey, like, you know, it's and probably ask me a question of some sort. And he might be like, Hey, like just out of curiosity, you know, what do you do? And then we might get into a conversation, but 
little conversations normally starting to big conversations and that's normally where you get your information from it's kind of it's the same idea as selling which i've learned through uh Grant Cardone's uh, Cardone University, which is uh, which I've been, you know, every single morning, at least I'm trying to do it every single day. I do at least commit 30 minutes to it and just watch a couple training videos and whatever I want to kind of learn a little bit more and I go into follow up, uh, you know, the ideas of selling, why you're trying to sell, what's, you know, how to get more information from the individual, how to get your questions answered, different things, right? And so what I've realized is that when you talk to someone, they actually give you a lot of information. You're just not processing it or you don't care to process it. Most people tell you their whole life story. And within those life stories, you can actually pick out who that individual actually is. And that's kind of what the sales training has taught me when I just talk to random people and I'm like, Oh, this person's probably this. And I could probably tell this person's that. And this person likes to do this just from them talking to me for about 10 to 15 minutes about their, you know, because most people like talking about themselves and, you, and you'll realize that if you ask them a question, some people really don't even ask you a question back. They just start talking for five to 10 minutes about themselves. And if you listen closely, you'll be able to predict who person is or kind of what's going on in their lives and what you could probably help them out with. And that's basically selling. You're trying to figure out the problems you can solve for that individual. And that's what I learned through this uh, Cardone University, which is Grant Cardone's training, sales training course or university online by the way but they uh that's what he teaches you is he's basically like you're trying to you got to listen to the customer you got to listen to what people are are telling you because they'll tell you what they need they won't directly sometimes tell you but they'll tell you within what they're saying to you you just got to pay attention and filter in a sense so i'm like damn it's kind of powerful and i started doing that i started listening to people and i realized that he's right people do like talking about themselves they do talk about things without even asking them they just talk about because on their mind and they gotta get they, they feel like i gotta tell someone or they gotta get it out so the point being is you know every single day i i, I say it all the time and there's opportunity that always presents itself you gotta pay attention and take the opportunity by its hand and and physically nurture it but most people don't pay attention so they don't see the opportunity and I'm always looking for more opportunity where I can increase a, a world resume where if I did something for that individual, I can now put it on a resume and now I have expanded my experience. I've expanded someone that I could put as a recommendation. I, I expanded this and I'm constantly trying to add to my personal resume where if I went to someone and I wanted to either sell them on something or I wanted to go get another, you know, there's a job opportunity that's opening. It's going to pay me five times more. And it's definitely something that would probably fit my interests more. I can easily add my world resume into that, right? Taking up that opportunity. And that's something I can add to my resume as well as all the stuff I've collected on my world resume and use that to go get that next opportunity. And that's what I'm That's what I've been trying to do is use opportunity to stack more opportunity to then go where I wanted with that opportunity. And most people, what's up Eric? But that's what most people aren't, aren't thinking about is, is the opportunity, right? And they're not trying to think about building a world resume. Eric, uh, put something in the comment, yo, about your world resume. I'll put Eric on the spot here real quick. Yo, put something about your world. What's a world resume to you, man? What's a world resume to Eric Arnell? <laughs> but anyways, while we're waiting for that, but 
that's, that's what I've been trying to do, right? Is just go from one opportunity to the next opportunity and then just keep on stacking opportunities and build a world resume. And that's what's gotten me into different positions. Like I've talked to someone and someone else gave me an opportunity and they're like, Hey, this, this probably be pretty good for you. I've gotten recommendations for other things that I, I didn't take up for the, the point of being, uh, it was too much. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't do that and still do other things. Right. Like I could, I, if I probably took that, I wouldn't be able to do the podcast or I wouldn't be able to do done deal investments or I wouldn't be able to do, uh, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't basically do certain things that I'm trying to build up. So it was going to stretch me too thin, but that's what I'm constantly trying to do is build that world resume. And that's what I encourage you to do is start looking at life as a resume. Start looking at everything you're doing as a resume and start trying to build that world resume and live by it. Is if you live by your resume and it shows on the outside, people will ask you about your world, uh, your world resume, right? And I've had that hundreds of times before. Like I've had it where I, I, I presented myself so well to someone that someone's like, hey, what do you do for a living? And I, and I was like, I told them like, hey, I'm doing goals and updates, which is a podcast. I have my own business called Done Deal Investments, which is taking an investor and putting them on a deal with a distress or crisis situation for a, a seller, like a someone that's kind of stuck and they go, wow, that's so amazing. Right. And then it opened up more opportunities and they're like, Hey, like, have you ever thought about this? Or have you ever thought about that? Or, and they started talking to me about different things just because I carried my world resume on the outside, the way I acted, the way I lived by the resume. And that's what I'm trying to tell you is you got to live by that world resume. Right. And I came up with this topic just randomly. I was thinking about resumes. This guy came up to me, asked me for an opportunity and I'm like, I'm like, all right, I got to go build my resume. Thought about it for a couple minutes about the, you know, what I was going to put on the resume. And I'm like, I'm like, damn, you know, I've been building a resume my whole entire life. Ever since I even went from middle school to high school to then college to then, you know, the workforce, even I was working in between, in between all those. But the point being is that, you know, I've, I've, we all do it. We all live by resume. And that's what I was thinking to myself too. I'm like, wait, we all live by a resume. We're all constantly building resumes. We're all constantly being able to put different opportunities on the spot. And that's what I was thinking to myself. So that's a world res or live by a world resume. Now I'm going to go into done deal investments and we'll wrap this up. And then I'm going to go and try to get those goals, get those goals accomplished. Oh, hang on. Eric put something up here. I'd say a world resume is your morals and ability to connect to people in a good light but I've honestly never heard the term world resume before. You know why you've never heard that term before, Eric? Because I made up that term. <laughs> I made up world resume, yo. I made up that topic, made up the words. I don't think anyone's ever talked about a world resume before, uh, but I created that term, right? I created live by world resume because I had to present a resume one time. And I, and I told myself, you know, I'm living, I'm living a resume. I'm a living resume basically I'm a living resume and everyone's a living resume because you're constantly living through experiences that you're putting on the resume and you're constantly trying to get to the next opportunity to the next opportunity and that's a resume you're putting experiences things you've done before that you could use as experience to the next opportunity and you're trying to sell yourself with that resume to another company and that's what I was thinking about for a long long time I'm like dude I'm, I'm living a resume right? Everything I do, this podcast right now, the stuff that I'm doing right now, this podcast is a resume. I could put this podcast on my resume, which is actually what I'm going to actually do. I'm actually going to put this, uh, the goals and updates podcast as a resume booster 
when I go and give the person my resume to send to the marketing department at this job I'm at right now. So that's what I mean. Everything I do, right? Everything I do. Dundee Investments is a resume booster as well, right? I, I could be like, hey, I did this and I did this and I know how to do this because of my business and I know how to do taxes and I know how to do X, Y, and Z. So I'm constantly building up that resume, right? So that's a world resume. Now, we're going to talk about uh, that, gets you, that gets you thinking outside the box a little. Well, of course, man. That's, that's what this show is designed to do is to get you thinking, man. That's what this show is designed to do is to get you thinking. That's what goals and updates is all about. We're going to change that negative mindset or that weak mindset into a more positive and outgoing mindset. And that's, that's, that's honestly what I designed goals and updates to be. It's, it's not just about me, even though you know, I talk a lot about myself because it's, it's my podcast, but it's designed to get you thinking outside the box. So that's, that's, that's why you haven't heard the phrase world resume before. It's because I created it. So that's, that's, that's why you, know, you, you haven't heard that. But I appreciate it, man. <laughs> I got to call you after this show, but I, I appreciate it. Hey, if, I don't know if you're free Tuesday but I'm going to have Steven on this show. I'm actually going to, I'll call you after this and and we'll talk about it. Cause I got to talk to you about the other thing you told me about, but I'll I'll tell you about, I'm going to get Steven on here and I'll tell you when, but what was I going to say? So that's the, that's live by a world resume. Now we're going to go on to done deal investments and I'm going to basically tell you kind of how my business works and you're going to probably have questions that you can hit me up and ask me, but my business is called done deal investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. That business is designed to take a investor, someone that wants to go and flip housing or help someone in a distressed situation and put them on a deal with the distressed seller that's in some type of financial crisis, meaning like they can't afford the home anymore. A couple examples I can give you is like pre-foreclosure, which is just when you're behind on your mortgage payment, the bank's about to repossess the property foreclosures, which would, I'd be able to help small banks, uh, any bank that can't afford to hold on to the property anymore. And it's not an asset for them anymore. It's a liability because they're losing money as they hold it to try to fix it up. Or they, maybe they don't have the capital as a, as a small bank to really fix up the property and resell it. Those are two. And the next one would be a job transfer, which is just as simple as it sounds. You get a, you find better opportunity in another country, state, or anywhere else. And you have to move quick. The other one would be if you inherited a property. So if you, most of the time with this one, when you inherit a property, it's normally a loved one passes away. They're normally an elderly person uh, where they're older. And then they normally don't take care of the property and there's a lot of maintenance on the property. So most of the time you inherit it, you already have a property, you're already living somewhere. You don't really want to keep the property and you just want to sell it fast. You just want the money or the equity that's inside of that property where where it's basically sitting on cash and you just want the cash. You don't really care for the property too much. You just want what's basically the equity inside of it. So that's something where I can help you out with done deal investments where we'll sell it really fast and you just collect the profits. The other thing which a lot of people don't like talking about, which I could especially help out in, is divorce. Now, we're at, we're at a rate, I still believe, at 48% divorce rate in the United States. And you're probably thinking to yourself, at a, I'm pretty sure it's still at a 48% rate most people don't like talking about it, but I'm okay with talking about it. But the point being is that most of the time in most states, when you go and file a divorce, you have to split everything 50-50. Now, what most people don't think about is the property. Most properties where the spouses own it, they normally kind of jointly own it. 
And what happens is you can't really split a house down the middle, right? You can't say, I'm going to take half this house and half that house. But what you can do is you can sell it and split the profits 50-50, right? And then you both can go get another property or go rent or whatever you guys want to do. So that's how I can help you with divorce if you've got to sell your property very fast. And that's normally the hardest one to sell is your property. And that's kind of the toughest one to kind of fight on. So I can easily sell it. And then we could split it 50 50 and you guys should split it 50 50 from the profits of, of selling that house fast to an investor. Now there's a couple other ones. There's a lot of them, which I can help you out with. Uh, the last one I'm going to talk about is if you don't want to deal with a real estate agent, most people, they think about when they have to sell their property, they have to go through a real estate agent. That's what their mentality or that's what most people are believed to think. And it's just not true. Most times when a real estate agent sells it, they collect around 6% int or commission fees, right? Because when they sell it, they're going to want more profits and they have to satisfy their people, by the way. They have to satisfy the brokerage that they're working for and they have to make a profit themselves. So there's a lot of people in the deal that have to kind of make a profit off of it. And so the fact is that you, know, that you end up paying a high commission fee. Now, the cool thing with done deal investments is you, the seller, are not going to pay anything. You're going to receive money and we're going to use the equity that's within your home, the money or equity line that's in your home to basically do it. And the investor will pay done deal investments for putting the deal together and giving them the deal or the rights to the deal. So that's the cool thing that you can keep in mind is when done deal investments sells your property really fast to an investor, you don't have to worry about paying us. We go through the investor and the investor will pay us the commission part of it. So that's cool to think about. The other thing too is we're not going to take forever, right? There's two other things I can tell you with uh, how done deal investments will be better than a real estate agent. The other two would be, the first one would be we don't uh, do open housing, right? So if you went through a real estate agent, they would put your house on the market. And by the way, they probably would take a month, maybe a month and a half because they're going to try to go and, and bargain with people. They're going to try to do all this stuff. They don't have preset sellers, right? We already have investors that will buy your property. So it'd be quick. And if I don't, I'll go ahead and start, you know, calling a hundred thousand people, whatever I have to do to get the deal done. But we'll have investors most likely like 90% of the time we already have the investors in our market to our disposal that we're going to use to get on your deal. And they'll just buy it right away. That's how we do it within a week, seven days. Right. And that's how, that's how we do that fast. Another thing too, is like I was saying with uh, open house, right? a real estate agent goes and sells it, they have to put your house on the market and they put those open house signs on, on your lawn, right? So now you're having thousands of people go into your house. You have to take days off and you have to try to sell it and let people come in the house and see it. What Done Deal Investments does is we go and take pictures of your property. And then what we do is then we go and get the estimates and we email this stuff to our investors and we go ahead and put this all online. And so what that does is it creates momentum and it basically gets everything done faster. You don't have all this foot traffic in your property. And that's basically what we're doing is we're trying to cut out that. So that's what we do different than a real estate agent. Now, those are the situations we can help you with or the problems we can solve. Uh, we could do a lot, a lot of other things that we can solve. You know, it doesn't matter what your problem is. If you're just trying to sell your house really fast, you want a quick cash offer, we can most likely help you out. Now, the only time we wouldn't be able to do anything would be is if you don't have enough equity, room in your equity to be able to, to basically use an investor on the deal. Uh, most of the time, that's not the case. Most of the time you kind of can, you know, can you normally do have room in the equity. And normally the investor that we normally get on the deal can normally help out in some way, shape or form. 
uh, with that if, if you don't have enough room. So it's not a big, big deal. We'll get through it. We'll, we'll figure it out. And uh, we'll go over our options with you. So that's what Done Deal Investments does. Those are like the niches. Now, I'm going to go over the three steps that I call the three steps to financial freedom. So three steps to financial freedom. The first step is you have to contact Done Deal Investments, right? I, I don't know you need, need help. I don't know if your neighbor needs help. I don't know if your family member needs help unless you contact Done Deal Investments or you somehow get a hold of me where I can go and contact that individual that owns that property. Now, you could do this many ways. You have our website. You fill out a form. You can call me directly at the number that's in there. You can send us an email. You can you can uh, go on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, send us direct messages. You can even hit me up on my personal thing, and I'll try to go ahead and, and put the contact in with my done deal investment information, and I'll just go and make a scheduled appointment. It'll go ahead and call them on a Tuesday or whatever day you know, whatever day I can basically give them a call and I'll personally give them a call, by the way, I'll, I'll call them and tell them that, you know, this person gave me their information and that, you know, they need some help financially with their property and I'll go ahead and do that. So there's plenty of ways. There's no reason you can't get a hold of me or my company in general, and you should be able to do it pretty easily. So that's, that's the first step of financial freedom with done deal investments. The second step is once we get into contact with that person or that seller, we then have to go to the property, schedule some time or an appointment to go to that person's property, take five pictures inside and five pictures outside the property. So 10 pictures minimum, depending on the size of the property, depending on you know what's wrong with it. And I'm going to do a walk around and I'm going to try to get some estimates on things that the investor would have to basically put down as an expense on their part to fix the property and sell it in full um, on full market value. So basically how that works is, you know, I bring a sheet, I bring, you know, I, my phone, I take some pictures, I basically jot down everything. And from here I come up with an estimate on how much it's going to take for that investor to basically put it on the market for full market value. So anything like broken windows, roof damage, uh, we got to fix the driveway, anything that's a cost to the investor basically. From this point, now we're on to step three. It's still kind of step two, but it's really step three. I probably just confused there, but it's really step three. Now, step three is we have to, I have to go home, run some comps on your neighborhood and the market, and I have to figure out how much your house is worth on average. So that way we can deduct how much um, it's going to take for that investor. So we have the average price up here, right? I'm going to deduct what it's going to take for that investor's costs or expenses. And that's the price in the bottom, what we're going to negotiate on. And basically when we negotiate, we're going to negotiate on the price. So we're going to try to come up to an agreement on the price and we're going to try to come up to an agreement on terms because, you know, you might have to stay in that house for another three weeks uh, and maybe some other things have to happen before you can move out of that property and give it to the investor. So that's basically step three and a little bit more to step three is once we come to the agreement, you know, then we sign a contract. So from here, what's going to happen is, once we agree on the price and the terms, I put it into the contract to update the investor on what's going on. And then once we all agree on everything, it then comes to the contract and you, the seller, would sign the contract, myself for done deal investments, and whoever the investor is put on the deal would have to sign the contract as well. So how this works is once that all takes place, we all agree, we all sign, the seller gets the cash offer right? He gets the cash offer that was offered to him and Dundill Investments will keep on helping him if he needs to get, you know, he needs a real estate 
uh, agent to help him find a better place. You need some financing. He needs whatever. I'll give him some third party, um, third party help where I can go and give him some resources and references to, to solve those issues that he needs. And at the same time, the inv- and then by the way, like he's probably in a, most of the people that we help are going to be in crisis situations. So it's not going to affect his credit. He won't be in debt anymore. We'll help that individual out by giving him that resource, right? Through done deal investments. Now, the investor is obviously going to want to flip the, the, the property and he's going to want to put it as full market value on the market and he's going to make a profit. Now, Dundee Investments is going to get a commission fee or what we call a finder's fee and we'll get that commission fee from the investor. So the investor will pay Dundee Investments. The seller doesn't need to do anything to pay Dundee Investments, right? That's the cool part about this whole thing. So Dundee Investments gets paid by the investor because we put the deal together and gave them the deal so they can go make more money and flip it, right? That's the whole you know, that's the three steps. It's the, it's only three steps to financial freedom, right? Only three steps to financial freedom. So those are the three steps. Now, from this point, what I want to do with Dundee Investments, and by the way, let's say you don't want to sell your property and you just want to, there's another way we could do that as well, which Dundee Investments can't do right now. It's something that eventually maybe we can offer down the road, but we're not set up to do it at all right now. But I have someone that can help you, another, another person that would be able to help you if you did want to do it this way. Let's say you didn't want to move out of the house, but you wanted someone to pay off the debt that you owed, and then you would just rent from that person. They would own the property until you paid them off, and you rented from them until you paid it off. And that way you could stay in the same property, but you would just obviously have to pay that individual back with a little bit of interest, right? So that's something that you could also do, which I could help you out with, uh, but I'd have to reference you to someone else, right? Dundee Investments can't personally do that for you, at least yet. So what I do want to do with Dundee Investments is expand it and get into different and different um, industries within real estate, which they all kind of tie together. So I do want to expand it to, you know, have a real estate agent team. I do want to get home inspections. I do want to get financing. I do want to expand the resources to homeowners and, and, and really what I want to do with Dundee Investments, my main, my main mission really with Dundee Investments is I want to cut down the, the home buying process because most people have really, very negative experiences buying homes. They have really, really negative um, interactions when it comes to different industries within home buying. And just in general, it's almost like buying a car where you're jumping from one thing to the next thing. And a lot of people don't help you out. So what I wanted to do was make it so it's a one-stop shop and still be able to give out the resources to homeowners and investors as well. But if someone was buying their home for the first time or someone was, you know, wanted to buy multiple homes, but they want to have a good home buying experience, we would be able to give them all that into one deal. Meaning that in one deal, meaning that you know, let's say you want a real estate agent. We would have our own real estate agent team, Dundee Investments. Then we would have our own inspection team that would then go and inspect your property to make sure it's a good asset. From there, we would then have, um, you know, you would need financing for the deal. So then we would give you the financing. And then from there, you know, it's other little things that you would need. So, and most of this stuff is done by all third parties. So originally how you would go and buy a home, you'd go through a real estate agent. Real estate agent would go through a third party home inspector. Uh, from there, you'd get financing from a, from someone else, normally a bank, 
which they call a mortgage. So you'd go through a bank or now they have some other different things like rocket, rocket mortgage and stuff like that. But they're all mortgages. Most of them are banks and most of them are financial institutions. So there's still a mortgage, whether it's a bank or not, you're just getting it maybe from a financial institution rather than a bank. But really a bank is a financial institution, by the way. So, you know, either way, you're kind of, you're getting a mortgage of some sort through a bank. But my, my point being is that, you know, I want to be able to make the home buying process shorter, meaning like it's not taking you forever going from one party to the next party to the next party to the next party. And this way it's just easier. And we expand resources for homeowners and we expand resources for investors. And that's really what I want to do is I want to expand it and I want to expand it to a point where, you know, we can help out a bunch of different industries and we can just keep on expanding and helping homeowners and give these resources to homeowners because homeowners really don't have a lot of resources. And that's really what I want to do is expand that. So that's, uh, that's done deal investments. I'm going to wrap it up here. I'm going to, you know, unless something happens tomorrow, but tomorrow we're going to have a co-host on here and I'm going to try to make it a lot more about him and not myself. That's what I try to do when I have a co-host on here. And we're going to have Steven on tomorrow. So I don't know exactly what time I'll try to update people on social media, but that's what we're going to go. And we're going to do, we're going to try to go and get Steven on here tomorrow. Uh, and we're going to talk about him. I, I, he wants to talk a little, I told him we should talk about a little bit about Grant Cardone because he, um, he wants to get more into business. So I'm like, Hey dude, Grant Cardone's changed my life. He could change your life. Just listen to him, listen to some of his videos. And so I sent him a couple of videos. I'm actually going to watch them tonight or tomorrow morning. And th that we're going to probably talk about a couple of those videos. At the same time, we're going to talk you know, about him, what his goals are, what he wants to do. And we're just going to have a fresh face on goals and updates. So it's going to be amazing. So stay tuned with us tomorrow. We'll have a co-host on here, Steven. And yeah, so that's basically it. So my name is Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments, LLC. This has been episode 103 of Goals and Updates. We'll see you tomorrow. And remember, my name is Tyler Dunn with Done Deal Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. Peace.